Hey guys, Killstokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. I have a very exciting episode for you guys today because I have a very special guest on. My second interview for the podcast. So Mike, you should feel very flattered that someone like me has decided to interview you. No. <laughs> um, but, I am very flattered. Uh, I appreciate it. It's, it's my good buddy, Mike. Um, we've spoken... Many of times I've done interviews with him. We've done Instagram lives. Um, we, we've shared each other's posts and talked a lot on social media. And I'm excited to bring him on because he's one of the few people out there that I know is not only a good trader and investor, um, but is doing things for the right reason, is, is using trading as a a tool to do something else and you know i don't don't want to spoil it too much but i just got a message of someone asking you know what you know the whole well why do you teach if you can't trade and and people just don't understand it's it's about value and making a a bigger difference like yes we can always trade and invest for ourselves and and be selfish like that but it's trying to impact others and i know one of your goals is to help people become more financially responsible, more financially aware. And that's how you make long lasting changes over generations, not just to you personally and your family. So, um, well, without spoiling your mission too much, you wanna give our, our, our viewers a quick introduction, not a quick introduction, as long as you want, an introduction of just uh, who you are and kind of how you got into, uh, how, you, how you fell in love with the markets and, and how you got to where you're at now. Yeah, 100%, man. And thank you so much for the, the very kind, very flattering introduction. Uh, that, that was amazing. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to take this and uh, like just have it like playing in the background and on repeat. Um, oh, but, uh, but yeah, you, you kind of hit on a few really important things um, uh, about teaching, too. And uh, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now, well, which uh, I'm completely focused on coaching and teaching it and helping others. And I had a business before where I was doing research and analysis and that was a lot of fun too. But it was last year that I really discovered well what my real purpose is. And it's to be on this mission to help coach and guide other people in that way. And the way that I found it was through this process called your one word. It, uh, it's a book written by this guy, Evan Carmichael. Uh, he's a YouTuber. He has uh, like uh, almost like 2 million subs now. And uh, he profiles the uh, top 10, like the people that have had incredible success, uh, all walks of life, uh, Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett, Oprah, um, Tony Robbins. If they've been successful, this guy has profiled them. And uh, he wrote this book, Your One Word, and I found out that my one word is uh, right there, uh, written on the back wall, uh, inspire. And well, what I found out what that means to me was uh, perseverance, uh, love, and it, it also means that you are not just inspiring yourself, but you're doing things that are worthy of uh, inspiration. Nice. Very, right. very, very nice. I, I just wrote that, that book down. So definitely going to add it to my list. And, um, you know, how, how did you, how did you come about discovering that was your word? I, I'm, I'm sure it's a, a, a process and I'll, and, and people can read the book and whatnot, but how, how, how did you kind of, there's so many words out there. How did you settle on inspire to, for that to be your word, your mission? You know that uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there's a real interesting backstory to this. So, uh, as you read through the book, uh, like uh, Evan gives you a bunch of different ways to figure out uh, what your one word is, uh, like things that like uh, things that are like a common thread throughout your history, um, books that you enjoy reading, movies that you like, uh, like that they tend to have common themes. And so, uh, so I thought that oh well, well like uh, I. I like superhero movies, uh, like inspiring things uh, like that. Uh, like uh, Iron Man was one of my favorite uh, <laughs> uh, Marvel superheroes. So like, uh, all right, so uh, inspire. But then as I went through more of his coaching and uh, I actually uh, went through his uh, thought leadership workshop uh, last year, 
uh, it dawned on me that you know well like it's not really from like books or movies or anything like that it, it actually came from my father um and the reason why is because of, like uh i'm not sure how familiar you are personally uh with my backstory but um yeah. the audience uh well when uh, i had a real messy childhood and uh, at uh the maybe about five years old uh, my parents split up i was living with my mom my stepdad and by six he lost his job and we were evicted from our home and we were homeless and so uh, after being homeless for about uh, a month or so uh, my mom's like you know what michael doesn't need to live like this i'm gonna go call up your dad and you're gonna go live with him mm-hmm. and so uh, he drives two hours in the middle of the night to come pick me up from uh, the place the, that we were staying at. We were like at one of those uh, seedy motels that you kind of <laughs> see in the movies. And, uh, oh, man. That, that, uh, the ones you don't want to be at at night. <laughs> it, it, no, no. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like things scurrying across uh, oh, different places. But, uh, but yeah, he drove out there, uh, picked me up, uh, and I went kicking and screaming because she told me all kinds of terrible stories about him, and he's this... Uh, uh, like he's a drunk, he's this, he's that, and yeah. just uh, you know, like uh, did not paint a very nice picture of my dad. Not yeah. uh, like, and so we had a lot of friction for like ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he persevered through all that, came out to get me. He uh, loved me throughout uh, throughout all this, and uh, you know, like uh, it was that belief right and that that's another part of the credo too uh belief in me that it's like wow uh, like you know uh, like it all this really stems from him so it's uh like the this is great uh, like it inspires my one word it comes from him and uh, going through this entire metamorphosis it, it actually inspired me to tell him this Mm-hmm. Uh, last year on his 70th birthday. Nice. Nice. And so, yeah, and the, uh, my dad and I, like, uh, we became a lot closer, uh, like, uh, after we got past, <laughs> uh, like, all that friction. <laughs> but, uh, well, we, you know, uh, we barely even say I love you to one another, uh, let alone sharing stuff like this. And so yeah. <laughs> I come out and I tell him, you know, uh, like, uh, dad, uh, in front of the whole family, right? Uh, Dad, like I just want to tell you, like you're, you're my hero, and this is the reason why I read this book, and uh, you know, like I found out that my one word is inspire, and uh, this is well what it means to me, and you're the the foundation for that, and you know, like he starts breaking down and everything, and uh, you know, it was a real touching moment, and uh, I thank God every day that uh, I had him to give me all that, and that I had the courage to go and tell him all this uh, and one of the reasons why too is that uh, unfortunately he's not with us anymore he passed oh. away just uh, about a month and a half ago yeah, i'm sorry to hear that yeah, thank uh, you but at least i mean it, it's it's it, at least you got to you got to get that out um which is you know me i've kind of a similar situation with my dad not, not as far as the, the the friction me and my dad have a close relationship but just like from a a man perspective it's hard to you know say hey uh love you man and stuff like that and, and and stories like that make you kind of realize that you know you don't want to wait until it's too late to to say that you can't be afraid to express yourself and that and that's always something i've respected about you is you're you're so open with your your feelings um in 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 just letting it out there being yourself being very comfortable in your own skin and I think that's important, and that's probably something that's led to your success in in trading as well. But what's interesting is you say that you know Iron Man is your 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 kind of your superhero. You you love superheroes, and all superheroes, right? In order to become a a legend or a superhero, you have to go through some type of adversity, right? Your your story is written kind of by you have this downfall. Um, this very struggling situation and you climb your way out of it and you read the book and like, oh yeah, that's awesome. He did it like the classic comeback story. And I think that's important in trading too. And I know you've worked with a lot of traders where you kind of have to accept the, 
the suck a little bit. Like it's it's I think too many traders or too many people in general want the easy path in life. And the easy path doesn't provide those lessons which are needed um, to become successful. And you know, I like what you're doing as far as like walking people through that path and, and, and saying that, hey, this is going to be dirty. It's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. But I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you approach it with a positive attitude. Because I think if you approach things with a positive attitude, um, you're just going to take things in a different light. Even your step backs are going to look uh, be looked at as kind of opportunities to to move forward. Um, so it, it's it's really cool to hear that story and kind of explains a explains a lot about why you're doing and, and why you chose Inspire. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, and and yeah, uh, a positive attitude is is essential, right? But but it's not the it's not everything. Yeah. Right? Uh, like uh, you, it's more than just like rah rah uh, like uh, <laughs> so the market uh, and. Uh, you have a hope and a prayer, and uh, <laughs> let's roll a dice. And well, what my uh, my my mortgage just uh, went proofed it. Yeah, uh, yeah no, uh, like uh, uh, it's important to have a, a plan and a process and something that you're going to backtest uh, and make sure that things work uh, and continuously refine mm -hmm. uh, what your process is. Um, uh, that there's a uh, there's another story uh, in that too. Like I had a, a solid process that where my equity curve was marching along, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, my daughter was born. Right? Uh, my, my daughter just turned four. Nice. And, uh, I thought that I had uh, my process all worked out, the equity curve moving up, and uh, she was born. And then uh, things started fluctuating, yeah. and it's uh, like, well, what's going on? Like I'm doing the same kinds of things, right? It's your daughter's fault. <laughs> yeah, clearly it's her. Blame, fault. blame her. That, that's the only thing I see. It's got to be the daughter. Uh, but um, well, it, it's you know, where a lot like uh, my mentality changed. Where I wanted uh, to be a good dad. I had this uh, idea of what being a good dad, right? Like keep on coming back. And it's uh, funny that like Father's Day is around the corner. That mm -hmm. we're talking about like all this dad stuff, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, like I had this idea in my head that being a good dad was being there for her and like yeah. every, uh, through every moment and waking up in the middle of the night and uh, all these kinds of things. And it, trading started to take a back seat, right? Yeah. But I also had clients that I needed to service too because I was running the, that other business where I'm doing research and analysis. And so like what used to take me just maybe four or five hours on a weekend to do everything now ballooned into 20, right? So it's uh, like, here's uh, like, uh, you know, 20 hours on the weekend plus a, a day job, plus trying to do my own trading, plus trying to be a dad a lot. Like I was, I started to get overweight. I was getting sick. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am right now. And uh, it was rough. Uh, like I, I was almost ready to pack it all in and just call the, pull the plug on everything. Uh, thankfully, I had some really good people step into my life that helped uh, take over some of the the burden from mm -hmm. uh, from trading, helped me get my my mindset right, and also about like well with my business too, and that allowed me the time to step back and be like, all right, like how do I make all this stuff work uh, with uh, a new lifestyle, right? And so I outsourced uh, a lot of the research that, that I was doing on my own uh, like it, it was it, like I just needed to find research that I believed in resonated with uh, like a, a vetted and, and then it's like all right like do I have to do X Y and Z myself or can I build a team around me that will help right and, and uh, to kind of go back to the uh, Avengers analogy, right? Like none of them were able to like, like they they all had success on their own, but together, like that's when they were able yep. to conquer the universe or save the universe, yeah. uh, as it may be. No, that's yeah, that's that's interesting, and and, and I've, I've my my oldest is going to be five in uh, November, so I experienced the exact same thing. Even I, I gained thirty pounds, not uh, not fifty pounds, but same thing. It's uh, for I think in in trading, a, a lot of our success comes from at least in the beginning, just, you know, having that set system and dedicating so much energy towards doing it. And then 
it no longer becomes the priority. It's you know, obviously when you have kids, it's like, hey, this is now the most important thing in my life. Trading takes a back seat. How can I be just as successful, but not giving it as much time? And you can say the same thing for being a father. How can you be a very successful father if you take half the time you want away from your kid? Probably not. So it's it's the balancing act. Um, but I'm just curious in in general what what got you interested in the markets in the first place? So what was what was the moment or what was the thing that said, hey, this financial thing is kind of interesting. I should pursue um, this career path. What, what, what was it? Uh, well, and it was and, a, and when, uh, when was it as well? How, how long it, ago? I think I was maybe about 12 or 13. Ooh, wow. uh, I remember though walking in the backyard. Uh, I was living in Astoria, Queens. Uh, at the time, and uh, like that, that's uh, New York City. So, uh, like, uh, just uh, like a, a backyard is not like grass uh, or anything like that. There was a uh, uh, everything's paved a long row of garages, and we yep. had like one of those row houses, <laughs> right? So, I was walking in the backyard well with my uncle, and he's telling me, "Oh, you know, Michael, you you should really uh, start looking at the Wall Street Journal." Uh, the, and looking at all the, uh, these stock things, uh, there's a lot of really interesting things in there. You should start to learn about them. Uh, I, I'm looking at this company right now, and uh, it makes the, these uh, the, these circuits that let one piece of electronics talk to another piece, and, and there's no wires, right? <laughs> Turned out to be Bluetooth. What, wireless right? Bluetooth? Unheard of. No way. That will yeah, never. Well, like, <laughs> so he's uh, like looking Sheesh. at that uh, like, didn't dawn on me until later on, like, oh, wow, like, he's actually talking about Bluetooth. But the, it's like, all right, there's, like, something to this. And it wasn't until I got to uh, where I graduated high school and I got my first job, started mm-hmm. earning a little bit of money that I saved up. And then it's like, all right, let's uh, let's test out the, the waters of this trading thing. Nice. And, and, and did you get started? Um, I, I guess, what was your... What was your method of getting started? Were you kind of just all over the place, figuring things out, or, or did you? Oh, were, 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 were you primed? <laughs> it's a success. <laughs> no, no. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I learned uh, many, many, many things the hard way. So uh, I saved up about five grand, mm-hmm. and I went to my local bank, Astoria Federal Bank at the time, and they had one of those booths set up, uh, one of those uh, financial management booths, and I thought that that's where you go to uh, start, uh, like, open account, like, place trades, yeah. <laughs> and so I walked in, and and, uh, and I'm like, I want to buy stocks, and they're like, no, you don't, that's way too risky, what you want is this, and so they, they pull out a bunch of prospectuses for these uh, mutual yep. funds, and, and I start sitting there, I'm, I'm reading through these things, and the manager's like, what are you doing? Nobody reads those. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I flipped through it a little faster and I picked uh, this one, this one, and this one. And it turns out to be uh, like some stock funds uh, and a bond fund. And I'm like, you know what? All right, I'm being smart. I've got professionals <laughs> managing my money. Uh, I'm not planning on touching this for a little while. So I've got time on my side. I'm I'm diversified. There's like a oh, yeah. hundred or so different stocks and bonds in each of these things. And uh, I'm good to go. And it's 1999. Right, I didn't know anything about dot-com bubbles or NASDAQ or S&P or any of that stuff. I just knew uh, my idea was you take some money, you put it in, and more magically pops out the other side. Yep. And so it, the first six months, like, it seemed pretty good. I checked my account, and it's up 10%. I'm like, all right. Uh, like, that, that's a lot better than I would have gotten in my savings account. And so... Uh, I'm working through my bachelor's at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, I start to forget about trading and the market and all that. Uh, get to graduation, it's like, all right, time to, to go buy a new car. Uh, let's see well, what's in the trading account or, or the mutual funds. And I thought that it would be up to like maybe 10 grand at that point. Wasn't at 10, wasn't at nine. Didn't even have the five I started with. It was oh. down to four. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, like, and that, relatively speaking, like, that's not that big of a loss. Mm-hmm. But when you're thinking that I just put my money away for four years, yeah. I had professionals, I had diversification, what in the hell happened, right? So I just took the money out, I went home and I cried. <sighs> and that was my first real taste <laughs> of uh, of the market and uh, some of the things not to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's funny you mentioned that you went to the bank. I remember when I I started in in, in stocks and and whatnot, and when I went to forex, 
I had no idea what foreign exchange was. So I, you know, my 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 friend was just like, oh yeah, you could. It's you know, it's it's a lot more liquidity. It's a much bigger market. You can make money quicker. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm sold. You can make money quicker. Um, because I was I was decent in stocks, but like you know, like I had this expectation of like this massive return, and it was like, eh. mm. um. So anyway, I, I I thought I didn't know anything about forex trading. I just knew it was foreign exchange. So I thought I literally had to have like a briefcase of money, travel to the airport to the little currency exchange areas, <laughs> open the briefcase, and like sit there and be like, not yet, not yet. Now, 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 exchange exchange my U.S. dollar for the Canadian dollar. Now, now, now. And then, like, get the Canadian currency, put it in my briefcase, and then just wait again. I, I thought, I thought yeah. I'd be traveling from country to country just doing that. I had no idea. So we're, we're on the same page. So there would page. just be a lot, like, 40, 50 people all around the, these exchange kiosks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, yeah. Just like, you know, you see the movies at the old pits on Wall Street. And everything. I thought it was that. You know, I get a colorful coat, and then, oh, no, bye, 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 bye. And it's, it. The things, the things we don't oh, know. Man. But, so that's good. I mean, so so what what did you do after you you you, you put your money in? You expect expected something. You you didn't get it. Um, you didn't lose all of it, which is good. But you you went home and cried. So what was what was the next step? What what stopped you from just saying, you know what? Maybe this investment thing isn't for me. I'll I'll kind of take a a normal route in life and, and not pursue it anymore. What what was the difference maker? Um, uh, I still uh, like the the story from my uncle still stuck with me and uh and i knew that uh, like i still had an interest uh, in it so uh, i started to to watch uh, some shows uh, i uh i heard about this guy jim kramer and started watching that show philly and, philly <laughs> and i started uh, reading his books and uh one of the things that that he talked about uh, like uh, like he did have some good ideas uh, in his books but one of the ideas that did not work for me was sticking with the story uh, or like sticking with a, a trade until the story changes hmm. because uh, like then it's uh, like okay like uh, I got in uh, at a X price but the story hasn't changed and it's coming down it's coming down it's coming down stories hasn't changed I, I don't see anything right and then, uh, then I, I remember one time, uh, like I well, was in this trade, and I called up the show, and uh, I'm like, and I got through, right? And I'm like, oh. hey, uh, I got into this one. Uh, well, what do you think? And he's like, oh, the story changed on that like a month ago. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, uh, like, I, I went, uh, I sold. It was uh, like some kind of a, a a company that made latches for uh, for auto parts. And they, yeah, like uh, I ended up losing. Uh, that was like a fifty percent drawdown in the trade, uh, not in the account, thankfully, but mm -hmm. but on the trade. And yeah, like that that wasn't working well for me either. Um, and yeah, like it was just going through these kinds of uh, cycles of trying something falling flat on my face, trying something else falling flat on my face, trying something else falling flat on my face, and it went that way for about a decade. And after a decade, mm -hmm. right, like who the hell stays with something for that long for, and you're just getting, you know, you're, uh, can, I, uh, can I cuss on this? Sure. Feel free, man. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. So, so you're getting your <laughs> ass kicked, right? Uh, left and right by, by uh, and who continues uh, yeah. after that? But for some reason, like I continue to persevere, right? To go back to the, the credo, persevere. And uh, eventually, uh, I found how to make money in stocks by William O'Neill, mm -hmm. and for me, that was the major turning point um, because it was uh, like a, it just made a lot of sense. Everything that that he spoke about in his book for how he went about finding uh, the best trades uh, and oh, what he saw as uh, so. Like his process was all right. If we're going to look at finding the the next big winners in the market, it makes sense then to see what were the stocks that ran up 500, 1,000% or more in a relatively short period of time uh, throughout history and see what were the common traits. And what he found was that there, there were common traits among these types of stocks, and he wrote them all in this book. And it's, all right, great. Uh, then I found his newspaper, Investors Business Daily, and in there was a section about 
uh, meetup groups. So there were Investors Business Daily meetup groups mm -hmm. all throughout the country. I think they're global too. And I went to one of those meetings and I was completely blown away by the level of presentations and the types of people running it. At the time, there was uh, a hedge fund manager and a few full-time traders running this group. And I studied with those guys for a year, right? So now, uh, and I didn't even realize it at the time, but I'm getting coaches, I'm getting mentors, I'm getting an environment around me. And now uh, like things are starting to stick. Now I'm starting to actually do well, right? Uh, like things that I know that are core to success now, even though I didn't realize it then, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like mentoring, coaching, uh, like modeling success, uh, all these things, now it, now it all makes sense. Uh, and so after a year of being with those guys, I, I showed them like, hey, look, well, like uh, I've learned a lot from you guys. Here's well, what I'm doing well. What do you think? And they wanted to take what I was doing and incorporate it into what they were doing. Hedge fund manager, full-time traders wanted to do what I'm doing, and I'm just like some kid in the audience, right? And, and that blew me away. And the reason why was because I found ways to make it work for me as a part-timer that they hadn't considered mm -hmm. because they didn't need to. Yeah. And so that's what, what also sparked the idea for uh, what I'm doing now, like, uh, which is trying to help other people that are in that path uh, over the wall because there's so many people that are trying to put all this stuff together and they... Uh, they're struggling to to, uh, to go from the transition of being a part-time trader to being a full-time trader and to have the perspective of somebody that, that's been through the gauntlet and has popped out the other side. Uh, I feel like I'm able to help a lot of people. And so that's what I've been doing over the years. That's, that's great. I, I love, I love so many points of what you just said. And, um, I know you can't see it right now, but I'm showing on my screen. And if I do kind of a visual version of this, they'll they'll see it on the the video. Um, but it's this, it's one of the, my favorite charts. It's this chart of like the path to success. It's one of those charts where it's like a, a mountain going up and down and up and down and up and down mm -hmm. and up and down. And it has the things where it's like stay alive, lower your expectations, get stronger, persist, and fake it till you make it. Don't compare. Then the last dip, and then finally reaching success. And what I love about what you said is that you said 10 years, 10 years. And, and that tells me two things. One, persistence, right? Persistence. It, it takes persistence uh, to be successful in anything, um, whether you're a basketball player, a soccer player, whether you're a CEO in a business, whether you're a trader, it takes persistence. You have to keep kind of chipping away at the the success mountain trying different things and messing up and trying different things and messing up and putting yourself in this situation and changing a situation and to finally make it but it also shows that you're crazy no um that you're <laughs> you're 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 crazy in a way but you're you're passionate because if you weren't passionate about it you wouldn't do it for 10 years i don't, I don't know anyone that's going to do something for 10 years that they don't really enjoy the only thing i could say is maybe a job at least a job you're making a salary in, in trading when you kind of struggle for 10 years you're typically losing money or breaking even and i think it's so important what you said because the, the mindset out there and i'm sure you see it all the time is that i should be successful right away right i should start trading today and i should be successful by next week and the reality is um that's not going to happen to anyone um, maybe there's a small 0.001% of super genius person that gets it. Um, but the reality is it's going to take a lot of time to become successful. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to try a lot of different things. And what you're trying to do or what you are doing is you're saying, hey, here is my 10-year journey of making mistakes and errors and eventually learning. I'm going to take what I learned. I'm going to teach that to you and help you through it so that it doesn't take you 10 years. And it's exactly what you said at the end, where as soon as you start surrounding yourself with people that were in the industry that have done it before you and you started kind of sponging off of them, that's when those big jumps started happening. And it's basically just using their experience. Hey, tell me what you did that worked. Tell me what you did that didn't work. I'm going to do more of what works and less of what didn't work. And you eventually became successful because of it. And I, I love it. And that's the message that needs to be out there. It's doable. 
it's doable, but you need to be passionate about it. You need to be persistent about it. And uh, I think that's great. So what, what type of things, now that you've made it through the gauntlet, the, the torturous journey of going from consistently struggling trader to having success in the market and now seeing this as an opportunity for you to, to give back and help others, um, I, I guess what, what are you doing to assist traders that, that want to be successful and, and, and turn to you for guidance? Uh, so there, there's a lot of uh, things that I do. There's a ton of free content on my Instagram. And pl pl a plug away your site, Phil. I was on it this morning. It's uh, a lot better than what I saw last time. It's, it's really branched out. Feel free to plug it. You can walk people through uh, whatever's on there. Be as shameless as you possibly want to. I, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm hoping people go over lot, there. Man. Uh, yeah, that, so there, there's a ton of free content on MaraWealth.com. That, that's the, the website, MaraWealth. Um, and and Mara actually comes from uh, my my journey as a marathon runner, oh. too, and getting people over the that that wall, right? Like uh, where you hit the wall at mile seventeen, mile eighteen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. So I, I see there's there's a, a few things on there. Um, one that one that stood out to me, right, um, was the trade emotionator. Can you explain yes. that? Yeah, so the, that's our twist on uh, position size calculator. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't just tell you about um, that, how to calculate your position size based off of, uh, you know, like you put in your the amount that you have in your your account, mm -hmm. the the percentage you want to risk, where you're going to get in, your and where you're going to get out. But it's also going to tell you if a, you're being overly aggressive or if you're being a complete wuss. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right, because uh, you want to aim for a certain sweet spot because the your that position size is such a huge factor in whether you're going to be uh, successful or not, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, you could uh, you could have been somebody that uh, bought Bitcoin uh, the day it came out, <laughs> wrote it to the top, and sold the exact same top. But if you had one Bitcoin and that was it, uh, like. It, that that's a nice gain, yeah. right? Uh, but is it going to change your life? Nope. <laughs> or you you could be the guy that uh, that mortgaged the the house and uh, like took every single dime that they had, like put everything into this one trade, and and maybe that works. Maybe you win, right? But then uh, like eventually doing that, like you're going to lose. Like it just takes one blow up to uh, like. So that that's where the emotionator comes in to tell you if you're being overly aggressive, mm -hmm. or if you're not being, uh, uh, if you're not using enough size. Yeah, I think that's important. I, and what you just mentioned, I, I see a lot of examples of that of traders that are, are, you know, the Instagram traders that are posting their their screenshots of all their wins and blah blah. I'm up this much percent, and you know, some of those traders are probably really really good, but like you said, they're they're using such a giant position size to create that big return that feels good that when it goes bad they lose it all and they're back to square one instead of if you were to use a a, a more knowledgeable maybe a, a less aggressive position size you can ride that wave of the drawdown and continue your equity highs so I, I think that's important and um even the emotion part uh, i was talking this morning with a trader just about the differences between trading a demo account or paper trading and trading live money when you have live money, it's a different game, um, and it, it could be tough to deal with. So let me ask you this: So what? What? I guess what is the number one struggle that you've noticed in, in, in struggling traders? What is the number one or the top two issues that you typically see, and and how do you go about helping them with that? Um, so the here's a great example, and it's recent too. Uh, there was a trader that is she lost uh, 18 grand and uh, that was painful for her yeah right and uh, she was even struggling uh, bringing up in conversation to me and uh, she would like try to sweep it under the rug then she would do better and she, she had consistency right mm -hmm. or she she started to have consistency like she would hit like be up like 25 percent on the year and then she would start to have some bad habits come back in where she would be in a trade Right, mm -hmm. and then the trade would start to move against her. She'd average down, and then you know sometimes the market rewards bad behavior. And then yeah. all right, great, like uh, 
that worked out. But then, you know, it's that one time, and it just takes one where you're averaging down, and the trade just keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And now I lost uh, another 10 grand. Yep. So (laughs) the first thing that that most people do when you have some kind of a loss like that, like it's really painful to to look at, and you don't want to look at it again, Mm -hmm. right? And, and but then you're not learning the lesson that the market's trying to teach you, and so I look at the market as a teacher, and like a good teacher, like a good uh, tutor, it will continue to give you the same lesson again and again and again until you learn it. That's true. So it's better to learn it than to sweep it under the carpet. So my advice to her was, you take that, you're going to put it on your phone, yep. you're going to plaster it on the wall, and you're going to have that staring at you every single day. And she's like, what? No, I can't <laughs> do that. But yes, like you need, like that's your path forward. Like the path forward is not bearing it. The path forward is through. And so if you if that's staring you in the face, like guess what you're not going to do the next time that you want to average down? That's true, yeah, like, yeah. You need to, uh, like you need to eat it. You need to own it. That is, yeah, that's, yeah, write, write down your mistakes, put it in your face. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's that's brilliant. You know, so many traders, they make up excuses for why it happened. And, and when you just accept blame, it's like, okay, you take your pain for a little bit and you learn your lesson and, and you and you move on. Um, so, so is it usually like mind, mindset psychology? Is that typically the, the bigger struggle that you see versus just like trading strategy or, or trading uh, knowledge of the markets? Or is it more of a, a balance between the two um it, it's uh to me mindset's the game yeah uh, uh, like uh, i think that you could make an argument that uh mindset's a uh, 100% of the game because uh, uh like uh, and well one of my uh, my favorite uh mentors uh, this guy van tharp mm-hmm. uh, he wrote a, a couple of different books so yeah. uh, the first one that i encountered was super trader and the thing that he said was that you don't actually trade the markets you trade your beliefs about the market and that, mm. right? So, uh, so if we're not if we're trading our beliefs about the market, then it makes sense that we should unearth what those beliefs are, examine them, and see how are they helping us, how are they not helping us, and if something is not helping us, can we toss it? And if we can't toss it, well, why not? And try to reconcile all that stuff. Like we're consciously aware of less than one percent of everything that's going on, like in our bodies and our environments and everything. And if we were fully aware at all times, like your head would explode. (laughs) And and so, because so much is just running on autopilot, uh, that's where the trading mistakes tend to come from. It's that uh, you know, well, like that's where you start to forget that oh, well, like uh, averaging down is a bad thing. Right, averaging down is what led me to blow up at uh, eighteen thousand, and then another ten thousand, uh, because there's unreconciled beliefs that like this is something that that is going to help my trading, and then the market rewards the the times that it happens, and it, it's reinforcing another uh, a bad habit. Yeah. So you want to uh, rip out the bad beliefs, mm-hmm. and then you want to plant something there. Because if you don't plant anything in its place, then you know it, it could be another weed that grows. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're not talking about Kronos or Tilray or uh, Aurora <laughs> cannabis or any of those. It's the kind of weeds that you don't want. So you just gotta rip those out and place a nice flower or something there that's going to actually help you trading. Brilliant analogy, um, especially yeah. since we have a. I've got a massive weed problem in my garden out back. We've been trying to deal with it for uh, really since we, we, we got the house. First year we got the house, um, I guess the owners before us had everything set up so the garden bloomed. It was beautiful. And then second year after that, just massive weeds. And I always thought that, you know, and I, I'm from the city originally, so I'm not really used to flowers in gardens. Stuff that I just thought you pull the weeds up, you know, you spray a little bit and they never come back. And lo and behold, you know, weeks later it rains and it's right back. Never did anything to really solve the problem. Just said, oh, I pulled it up, quick fix, and they come back. And and this was the first year I actually took steps to kind of, you know, doing something, taking action to prevent the weeds from coming up. And it's been working beautifully. So I I love that analogy. If you just just kind of do a a quick fix, 
will return. That bad habit will return. You have to, instead of just getting rid of a bad habit, you have to remove a bad habit, replace that void with a new one. And I've, I've always heard that's the best way to break a bad habit for, you know, for example, smokers, um, you know, people tend to smoke at a bar or smoke after, um, have a cigarette right after dinner. So instead of just mm-hmm. quitting cold turkey, it's like, okay, well, right after dinner, let me go straight to the gym or let me do some push-ups, or let me go for a run um, because now you're replacing that habit of the cigarette with a positive habit, which is a run, and eventually that becomes a new habit. So that's uh, that's brilliant. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you have a, uh, a big group meeting in a little bit, but uh, let me ask you this for a, a, I guess an, I don't know, I don't know how you would even define an average trader coming in, but how long do you typically see is the process for taking a struggling trader and getting them on the right track. Maybe not, you know, consistently profitable yet, but getting to the point where, hey, this guy or this girl is, is you know, they've got the right mindset, they're on the right path. Now it's only a matter of time um, and experience in the market before they become successful. What, what is the, what is that, uh, what does that path look like? I know it's not 10 years like yours anymore. You're helping them. Yeah, yeah no, I don't want anybody to have to go through 10 years of well, what I went through. And, uh, and yeah, no, if you get coaches and mentors around you, like it should not take that long. Uh, like uh, when I finally started to become profitable myself, it took me a year. I've seen other people that, that I've worked with, it, it takes them a couple of months, right? It, it all depends on where they're at. It depends on uh, how open they are to figure, uh, like to do what's necessary to get them to where they need to go. For some, it might be a lot of mindset work. For some, it might be uh, systems development and tracking trades and finding a system that not only they believe in, but that they're able to execute because it all comes down to what can you reasonably execute? Like you you can find a system (laughs) that uses 100% every single day, but if you can't execute it, then it's not worth that much to you. Happy you said that as well. I was having a conversation on um, there's this group, this Facebook group. You should become a part of it. It's a Stephen Burns uh, has a Facebook group called New Trader, Rich Trader, and we're having a discussion in there about strategies. And it was one of the the you know I, I'm like you. I believe the the best strategy is the one not only that produces profit, obviously, but the one that you can personally execute something you believe in. Going back to your market beliefs, if I don't, I've traded strategies for years that I've tested and were profitable, but they were. I didn't believe in them. They were against kind of my philosophy on the market. So whenever I would trade them live, I would just sabotage myself because I'd be like, well, I knew this wouldn't work because I think the market's supposed to do this and this strategy says do that. Um, and I was talking to this trader and saying that there is no best strategy. The one, the best strategy is the one that works for you. And he was making the argument that, well, there is a best strategy. There's one way to trade and everyone should kind of trade that way. And, and I guess what you're saying is, well, there's the answer right there is that's not possible. It, it's less about less about the strategy and more about the trader. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like I, even, so, so let's, uh, uh, how about this, right? Uh, like, so uh, let's take traders out a lot. Like we're just, or we, now we have the, like a robot trading. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, uh, like you have a, like automatic trading AI mm-hmm. doing it. And so you could just program this thing to, to work. Right, but but even in those scenarios, uh, and I'm uh, re-listening to um, to Market Wizards, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like that fantastic series. Oh yes. And, and and even those guys started to have like some automated trading, and it, you don't the like the best ones like don't just let it run by itself. Like there's times <laughs> where they need to step in and the like reduce the position size. Right, because like it could be like all right, like everything's lined up, like bet the farm, and then nothing's guaranteed. So then, like the farm, the like uh, gets sold at auction. <laughs> and, uh, now you're standing outside. You got your little pitchfork, <laughs> you know. No, that's that's yeah, that's true. I'm a believer in that too. Even if you ask the best people that trade those automated systems, like you said, it's not just like hey, I'm gonna leave for a year and let it do what it do. They're constantly managing it. Um, because market conditions do change. So, yeah. So, all right. I, I appreciate the interview. Um, 
one last thing, if you don't mind, again, I'm going to make you do some shameless stuff anymore. Um, do yeah. you mind sharing with the audience just what type of services that you offer? Again, you can go to marawealth.com, M-A-R-A, wealth.com and check it out. But if they're interested in, say, private coaching or, or any type of, I know you have a trader mind chat and you know, there's a lot of freebies on there, a lot of brilliant things that you share. Um, but what is available on the site for them to, to kind of check out that would help them become a better trader? Yes. Uh, so uh, the main thing that I do is one-on-one -on -one coaching. And there's a coaching page. They could click on that and they could schedule a free 20-minute session with me. Uh, there's a button there. Just pick a time and we'll, we'll be chatting just uh, like you and I are right here. Uh, there's that. There's a, a trader's thought box, mm -hmm. which is the top 10 things that I've learned over the past 20 years or so doing this now. And it's all those mistakes that I learned from. Uh, and uh, I go through uh, the top 10 of those uh, and I try to give traders a foundation of like, here's what... Uh, you really need to to know, uh, like, in addition to, like, all the different books that I've read mm -hmm. and, uh, like, most, uh, like, uh, I'm actually surprised at how little there is on, on mindset. Uh, like, a, like, maybe you get a chapter mm -hmm. uh, here and there, like, there's just a handful of books that's uh, really well-crafted, like Trading in the Zone, uh, Super Trader, and I'm hard-pressed to find many others, even in Super Trader, like, a like there was a good portion of it, but mm -hmm. it wasn't everything uh, in there. Now, why, um, why do you, and I, you know, I'm supposed to be wrapping this up. Why do you think, I've noticed the same thing. Um, and whenever I recommend the book, it, it's, you know, people get surprised. I never, I never recommend like these, these technical analysis books, um, at least not many of them. I try to look for books that are more mindset and psychologically driven. Um, why do you think that is? Is it, is it simply kind of a, kind of a capitalist thing where it's like, it's not going to get as many sales sales as like super forex system or super trading system or is it just is it just people oh, never took it seriously until maybe these times why do you think that is i'm curious i think that people look to mindset after they've stumbled and uh, like the like like most of the people that that that, that i talk to are people that have already struggled uh and they're trying to find some kind of a solution and they're kind of like uh, at their wits end. Uh, so it, it, I think that if people started with mindset, then it would be a much smoother ride. And so that, like that, that's part of what, what I'm trying to get through at, in the trader stop box is like, like that's the number one thing that, that I talk about, like the first of the top 10. The, then there's position sizing, trade styles, all, all the kinds of things that we already spoke about here. But uh, yeah, and you know what? Well, you might appreciate this too. Mm -hmm. There's another book that I recommend on mindset. That's nothing. It's not trading, but it's everything to do with trading. David Goggins' new book, "Can't Hurt Me." Uh, just. Uh... Have you read that one? Have you listened to it? No, but someone grab it on Audible. It's amazing. Like you get like a the audio version mm -hmm. plus it's like a podcast plus it's like a, an interview. Nice. Oh my god! Like like. Uh, Goggins has been my running partner for for a while. <laughs> like I'll go and do these long runs uh, with him in my mm -hmm. ear. There's like so many pearls someone, in that book. Someone just recommend. I, I, I can't even lie to you. I might lie to you. Someone just recommended that book to me. Um, I'm checking my phone right now. It, 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 stop the podcast. Download the book. It had to be, it had, it, it had to be yesterday. The, the the post that uh the post I when I was uh I talked about being hurt and I was screaming at the track and, and finding you know instead of using hurt as an excuse, um yeah someone someone said have you read Can't Hurt Me by David Gog uh, Goggins that book is fire. It's just uh, yeah, just fire yesterday. Statement that that book's like an inferno. Um, so look that's a look that's a sign. That's a that's yeah. look two people recommend the same book. Um, that's it. Yeah, I'm getting it. Getting it. Well, as soon as we're done, I'm getting it. That's that's. I, I take that as a sign that it, it it's meant to be. So yeah, that's. Uh, my mind is blown now. Stuff like that. Out of all the books out there, it's random that those two books, or that book gets mentioned twice within 24 hours. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd love stuff. to hear your take uh, on that book when you're done with it and how you believe that it relates to trading, because to me, like, like there's so much in there that traders can 
take from it and apply. Mm -hmm. uh, so it looks looks like I got a new running running partner partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, amazing. All right, so um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap things up. I, I appreciate the interview. Again, you guys can head over to marrowwealth.com uh, and check out uh, what Mike has to offer. Also, as always, do us a favor. Uh, leave comments, leave questions underneath this video. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, um, feel free to leave comments as well. Do you want to share your, your social media um, just addresses and all that stuff? Uh, sure. Uh, everybody can follow me at Michael G. Lamott. Uh, that's on Instagram, Twitter, stock twits. Uh, and that's the the best way to find me. Here we go. And I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes. I'll throw the names of the books that you mentioned as well um, with a link to your website. And uh, I think this was a great podcast, man. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no Always problem. a pleasure. No problem. No problem.